only we could have God on our terms. You know, he blesses you when you need blessing, and the rest of the time he's just kind of there when you need him. Wouldn't that be nice? But that's just not how he works. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today we're going to take a look at the promises and the faithfulness of God from a different perspective. And please stick with me because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you how you can receive a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called On Solid Ground and it's all about helping you live your life in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring you. Have you ever wanted something in life? I mean, really, really, really wanted it and then you finally get it and you just want to give it back? I think we've all experienced that at some point. And you know, I think that for some people, it can be the case with God. I know people, lots of people, who hunger to be close to God. I know there are people listening today, perhaps you're one of them, and all their lives they've wanted God, whatever that means. But can I tell you something? Even something really good, I mean really, really good like God, well, it can be a shock to the system. And the reason is that we sometimes have this idealised, unrealistic notion of what that good thing will be like. Take the young woman who wants more than anything else to be married and she finally meets her knight in shining armour and marries him and a year later she's wondering what happened to her ideas of romance 24 by 7. Today on the program we're going to take a look at some people who got God and couldn't wait to give him back. We've been looking over this last week and a half at the stories of a woman called Hannah uh, who honoured God. She poured her heart out to him when she was in pain and God honoured her. And on the other side, there was a guy called Eli and his sons um, who were around Hannah at the time and they didn't honour God and they reaped their just rewards. And the whole story of Hannah and Eli kind of pivots on, on this one passage. It's in First Samuel in the Bible, chapter 2, verse 30. And, and God says, I will honor those who honor me, but those who despise me will be treated with contempt. And we've seen over this last week and a half how that central reality has played itself out in the lives of Hannah and Samuel, who were blessed by God, and Eli and his sons Hophni and Phinehas, who weren't. And, you know, in particular, this, this plays itself out in the storms of life. Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were living the life of Riley. They were the priests over Israel. They should have been bringing Israel to God, and yet they plundered the sacrifices, and they slept with prostitutes, and those three, they, they died. We saw that yesterday on the program. Their job was to be shepherd of the nation of Israel, shepherding them towards God. Instead, they led them to a place of defeat. And again, we saw on the program in 1 Samuel chapter 4, the Philistines attacked, um, and Israel thinks, oh, well, God's always on our side, so we'll go to battle, and, and all of a sudden, 30,000 of their soldiers are killed. The Ark of the Covenant is captured by the Philistines, the place of the presence of God. And strangely, when that happens, the Philistines kind of realize with a sense of foreboding. When, when the Philistines learned that the Ark of the Lord had come into the Israelites' camp, they were afraid. A god has come into the camp, they said. We're, we're in trouble. Nothing like that's ever happened before. Woe to us. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? See, those instincts were right. But anyway, the Ark of the Covenant comes into the Israelite camp. And then the Israelites and the Philistines went into battle. And the Philistines won a huge defeat. 30,000 soldiers of the Israelites are dead. And the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant is captured by the Philistines. 
Hmm. It turns out they should have gone with their initial instincts. Let's have a read of what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 5. After the Philistines had captured the Ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Then they carried the Ark into Dagon's temple and set it beside their god, Dagon. And when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon fallen on his face on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. They took Dagon and put him back up in his place. But the following morning when they rose, there was Dagon fallen back on his face on the ground before the Ark of the Covenant, and his head and hands had been broken off and were lying on the threshold, only his body remained. And that's why to this day neither the priests of Dagon nor any others who enter Dagon's temple at Ashdod will step on the threshold. The Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Ashdod and its vicinity. He brought devastation upon them and afflicted them with tumours. And when the men of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not stay here with us because his hand is heavy upon us and upon Dagon our God. So they called together the rulers of the Philistines and asked them, What are we going to do with the ark of the God of Israel? And they answered, Have the ark of the God of Israel moved to Gath? So they moved the ark of the God of Israel. But after they moved it, the Lord's hand was against that city, throwing it into great panic. He afflicted the people of the city, both young and old, with an outbreak of tumours. And so they sent the ark of God to Ekron. And as the ark of God was entering Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, they brought the ark of the God of Israel around to kill us and, and our people. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and said, send the ark of the God of Israel away. Let it go back to its own place or it will kill us and our people. For death had filled the city with panic. God's hand was heavy on everything. Those who did not die were afflicted with tumours and the outcry of the city went up to heaven. Really interesting story, this, because this, this Ark of the Covenant of the God of Israel, this is the place of the presence of God. And they put it in the temple next to their God. And, and their God falls down twice. First time they prop him up, the second time his hands, heads and hands are cut off. And then they discover the impact of having God as a captive in their midst. See, in human terms, that's what had happened. The Philistines captured God. In human terms, they won. You know what they forgot? In fact, they probably never realized it in the first place. God is not subject to people. God is not someone you can capture and stick in a temple. He's not someone you can tame and subdue. Why are we talking about this stuff today? Because you and I, deep down, we sometimes try and tame and subdue God. We, we swing him round to our way of thinking. We, we put him in the temple of our choice. We put him in the town or the city of our choice. We think that God is there to serve us instead of us to serve God. You know what happens when we try to do that? We discover exactly what the Philistines discover. We discover that God is not someone we can push around. Okay, we can't see him. Okay, perhaps present circumstances do appear more powerful than him. But if we want to be on solid ground in the middle of our storms, that's what we've been talking about these last couple of weeks, we need to get our minds around this. You look at this maelstrom of a storm that was going on at the time, the battle between the Philistines and the Israelites, 30,000 Israelites killed. Who appeared to win? Who should have been on solid ground according to our simple human expectations? The Philistines. They won the war. They captured Israel's God. But who they captured was the God who created all the universe, not some idol, not some tin pot little God. They captured God and he wrought destruction on them, so much so they couldn't wait to get rid of him. You get it? When we try to take God by force, force of argument, force of opinion, force of anything, anything that doesn't recognize him for who he is, watch out. 
There's so many people playing church, playing at being Christians, playing at religion, putting God here and there. That's not what it's about. As Dagon discovered, the only way you honour God is when you bow down to him for who he is, the sovereign God above every power and name or authority in heaven and on earth. And you know something? Eli didn't understand it. Hophni and Phinehas didn't understand it. They died. The person who understood it was the woman Hannah that we've been looking at. This woman who in the middle of her storm humbly bowed down before God and prayed and honoured God. You can't have God on your own terms. We can only have him on his terms. With all that we have going on in our lives, it's easy to feel like a small boat on a big ocean being swamped by huge waves. What we need is some solid ground beneath our feet, something we can truly depend on. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called On Solid Ground and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you live your life in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring you. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find a series of life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your free copy, stop by at ChristianityWorks.com and you'll see that free offer right there towards the top of the homepage. Click on it, pop in your name and email, and that e-booklet will be on its way to your inbox in just seconds. That web address again is ChristianityWorks.com. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again, same time tomorrow, with a different perspective. <laughs>